Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go in to the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Joe, we're going to jump right into it, all right? We'll do some promos and everything for ourselves in the station as we go along, because we want to get into this conversation. It's a very important one. We're very pleased and honored today to be joined by Brett Atterbury, and he has a, a book out, self-published, but we're going to tell you exactly where you could buy it, Your Pro-Life Bottom Line. And in a post-Roe America, we need as much information, as much strategic planning, marketing, and everything to get our message out there. Um, and so that's why we're very happy to have Brett on the show, and you're going to love the conversation. Now, some of you out there may have seen Brett on EWTN or in other places. Having said that, a brief bio, Brett Atterbury is a pro-life advocate who currently serves <coughs> excuse me, as president of Heroic Media, an organization that specializes in pro-life ads. His work fighting the abortion industry began many years ago when he experienced a profound midlife conversion that led him to a Rachel's Vineyard retreat in search of healing for the role he played in the abortion of his own child many years earlier. So after this experience, he left his job at consumer product marketing and dedicated himself entirely to toppling the abortion industry. In addition to his role at Heroic Media, he founded Americans for Shutting Down Abortion. He serves as chairman for the National Prayer Luncheon for Life and is the executive editor of Pro-Life Magazine. Brett Atterbury, welcome, brother, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Thank you, Joe and Joe. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, and it's great to have you. With that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Resinello, and we'll get going. Brett, we always start with the prayer to Our Lady in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, a virgin, a virgin's our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us. Amen. Brett, there's a lot to talk about in the bio. Um, and I'll, I'm going to start here. I think you named your organization accurately, Heroic Media. And I'll tell you why. And I'm not just saying this. You walked away from a corporate salary. That's not easy to do. I mean, I work in, in corporate America, um, not, I, and I'm not a rich guy, you know, but at the same time, you get used to a certain quality of life. Mm. You know, uh, this is not exactly, you know, an area that you're going to get rich in, you know, helping women uh, keep their baby. And and I can't like over like, like, like talk about that because like, that's real. That is very real. And, and, and I commend you for that. Talk about that leap because that's not a small leap to make. Yeah, Joe, it was not easy. Um, you know, as you were saying, it becomes a habit, uh, a certain lifestyle becomes a habit. I was back when I was 
a quite successful businessman. And so I'd gotten used to that for sure in terms of lifestyle. And then as, as Joe mentioned in the, in the uh, introduction, um, I went to an abortion healing retreat, a Rachel's Vineyard retreat in 2013. And during that retreat, uh, what really what happened for me is I wasn't sure why I was going because I, I knew, you know, that something was wrong and I finally ended up there. And I discovered the reason I was there was that God wanted me to reconnect with the child that I had played a role in aborting, you know, 20 plus years earlier. And thanks be to God that happened during the retreat. And, and I was so grateful to God for that and, and named the child that I was you know, involved in aborting uh, my child, Jesse. And so at the end of that retreat, you get the opportunity to spend an hour by yourself with the Blessed Sacrament. And man, that was, that was the turning point. Um, I was sitting there. It's dark. I think it was like 3 a.m., it's uh, it's me. It's a blessed sacrament. By that time, I was definitely thinking Jesse is here with me as we're doing this. And I was just so grateful. I was I was actually writing a letter uh, to Jesse about what had happened over the previous two days and, and how grateful to God I was and how thankful I was that, you know, that Jesse and now Jesse and I could not talk spiritually and and it was just so wonderful. And then I just had this moment where I just looked right at Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And I said, Lord, you've given me so many talents. You've given me so many experiences. Use me in some way so that young women and young men don't make the same mistake that I made you know, 20 plus years ago. And really, Coming out of that experience, I, I would call that like the pivot point. That's where I went from I'm a I'm a corporate, you know, business guy to now I'm gonna go do this thing in pro-life. And Joe, what exactly I was gonna do, I didn't know. <laughs> but but I just knew I was gonna do something. And and so I came out of there and I, I I'm not the kind of guy that just sits around, waits for the Lord to like drop the plan in my lap. I just started doing stuff and I'd been involved in uh, digital publishing. So I was like, hey, I wonder if there's like a, a digital magazine about pro-life and I couldn't find anything. So I said, that's what I'll do. I'll start pro-life magazine. So I started that and uh, that started, you know, I started doing some interviews and, and one of the first organizations I interviewed because I'm a marketer by background was Heroic Media because they do pro-life marketing. And it, interestingly, through that kind of path, eventually just a, a year or two later, that's that was the path that kind of set me up to end up going into uh, Heroic Media, first starting running marketing there, and then over time becoming the president. But in terms of the sacrifice, Joe, I just try to remember and I remind myself of this constantly because every now and then I still get that thing about Man, it sure was nice having a lot of money back then. <laughs> yeah, I get that feeling. And I just I just remember, I know we all remember this, especially in our very wealthy culture here in, in the United States. It's it's about it's about putting treasure in heaven, man. And I just think about that all the time. It's like, am I doing the thing? Am I living a virtuous life? Am I trying to become more holy in the mission that I'm doing? 
Am I doing what the Lord said? Am I putting treasure in heaven and stop worrying about things here on earth, material things, because he's taking care of me. You know, I struggled for sure the last 10 years, um, but, but I'm, I'm fine now. And, you know, it's, as you probably know, in a nonprofit, there's no, really no such thing as, you know, you don't, there's no equity in the sense of on the for-profit side where you can grow your wealth through ownership of a successful business. It doesn't work like that in nonprofit, but that's okay. Um, the Lord's taking care of me and uh, hopefully uh, through his grace, I'm just continuing to, to put treasure in heaven. That's what matters most to me. Brett Atterbury is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing your pro-life bottom line. Brett, real quick, we'll mention it a few times. Um, that's your new book. Where could you self-publish? Where could folks buy the book? So they can go to my website, which is brettatterbury.com. That's spelled B-R-E-T-T-A-T-T-E-B-E-R-Y.com. On my website, there'll be two links. One is to my publisher, which is called Book Baby. And the other link is to Amazon. So the book is available on Amazon as well in either paperback form or digital form. What I liked about uh, one of the things I liked about what you just said, Brett, was that you didn't wait for God to put the plan in your lap. But you do know that God's got a plan. Now, I say that because Joe and I are in a similar situation. We just we decided there was a few catalysts for it. We decided to just, you know, fly by the seat of our pants. If we're doing the right thing, God will guide it. But don't like they used to say in business. I used to be a stockbroker back in the day. They used to say, don't wait for all the lights to be green before you <laughs> before you get in the car and drive to work. And it's a similar type thing. You if you trust that God has a plan, start where wherever you are. Yeah. If you know you're doing the right, like whether it's the front line with Joe and Joe, whether it's your pro-life work, um, and what you bring to the table in fighting the abortion battle, the the, the battle for you know the the to preserve a culture of life in this country. Okay, mm -hmm. don't wait. Don't I've done it, so I'm not being critical, but I've done it where I said, oh, I don't know what God wants me to do. Let me let me let me write a plan. Don't write a plan. If you know what your first step is, start with the first step and then keep praying. All right. And then let God guide you from there. All right. And I think I, I think that's the right approach. I think that's where you were going. Am I right, Brett? You just. Yeah, I tell you, Joe, a few years ago, I had the, the honor to speak in Austin, Texas at a, a YCP, Young Catholic Professional. A uh, little get together. And I, I think the YCP folks are anywhere. They're like in their 20s and 30s. You know, I'm, and I'm, I'm 57. So at that time I was mid fifties. And, and, and what I told them was exactly what you're saying, Joe. I was like, I, I speak to so many young Catholics and they're like struggling with like, what is my mission in life? What is the Lord's will for my life? What am I supposed to do? And then I get to feel like, well, well, what are you doing? And I, like, well, I'm praying. I was like, well, that's a good thing. And what are you doing? Like, well, I'm praying. I, was like, I get kind of get the feeling they like go to adoration and they pray a lot and they're waiting for like this, I don't know, this papyrus paper to fall from the ceiling into their laps and says, oh, here's you know, Joe, for example, here's this is the Lord. And here's what I would like you to do in your life. And I was like, no, I'm not saying that can't happen. And probably in the Bible, we see a few places where it has happened. However, it's extremely rare. So I said, I think the way to do it, and I use my own experience and the experience of some people that I know, it's like, absolutely pray, but the Lord has already given you some hints about the direction he would probably like you to go in the natural talents that he's given you, right? That's probably a good hint. 
So take those natural talents, which by the way, if you use your natural talents, you're going to have a more enjoyable vocation in terms of your business anyway. So just start doing something. Go find a job, take advantage of your natural talents, get going, get moving, keep praying. And then you know what's going to happen? The Lord is going to course correct you toward where he wants you to go in your life. But you got to move with him. Don't just sit there and expect that it's going to be like the, you know, the parting of the Red Sea and through which you will walk onto your vacation, vocation of business life. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that. So you need, he wants to do it with you, not for you. So get going, keep praying, look to your natural talents as a guide that he's already given you some strong hints, get moving. And he's going to, he's going to show you the way. Absolutely. Brett Atterbury. And I would say underlying that all is you got to trust God. If yeah. he's giving you those hints, you know they are. Joe's gotten them. I've gotten them. You've gotten them. You, you know the hints, okay? Yeah. Um, especially when you look at it in hindsight, okay? So, oh, wow, that's right. I, I, you know, and, 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 and God plants those seeds. But, yeah, then let's go. Let's get going. And we, you know, I'm not Joseph, nor – well, I am a Joe, but I'm not <laughs> Joseph. God's not sending the angel saying, take the baby to Egypt, okay? Right. Not going not gonna to be that crystal clear. Probably so I not. think trust. I think trust. Is, is is definitely underlying it all. You know you got the talent, you're seeing the hints, then you got to trust in God and then start doing it. But let we want to get into, we got to get into abortion. Post-Row America is a mess. I think it's actually maybe even more, a little bit more of a mess just in the last couple months as we're seeing, okay, mm. than it was before that, okay? Uh, so I'm going to hand it over to Joe and we're, we're going we're gonna to keep it going. Let's talk about Rachel's Vineyard. You you mentioned that mm. in your conversion story because a lot of people don't know what that is. And a lot of times when people hear Catholics talk about abortion, they think we're like pointing fingers at them. We don't like them. That's completely not true. Mm. Rachel, Rachel's Vineyard is an organization which helps people who've been involved in an abortion. Tell, talk about that because clearly it had a huge impact on you. It changed your life. And, I'm, and I, I actually know a few other people that it's changed their life as well. Talk about that, because I think there might be some folks out there that may be interested in it. Yeah, you know, Joe, there are millions of people in our country who have experienced abortion directly or somewhat indirectly. They were, you know, perhaps they haven't had an abortion themselves, but they were indirectly involved by either helping somebody or encouraging somebody or something like that. And then years can pass and, you know, things happen in life and your views change. And yet you still have that in your past. And you can look back at that when you acknowledge what abortion really is. And you realize that you played a role in that in the past. And naturally, once it hits you, it can be like that is a deep wound that is there that if you don't get that wound healed, can end up manifesting itself in all other kinds of bad ways in your life. And so Rachel's Vineyard, and, and Rachel's Vineyard isn't the only one, there are other abortion healing retreats out there, recognizes that and is basically there just to channel God's healing grace into the people that have experienced abortion in some way to come in there to the retreat with highly trained, skilled people who know how to very lovingly guide people who are experiencing that wound and that pain to guide them through a healing process. And everybody experiences their pain and their wounds differently. So the, the team there is very skilled at that. And 
I can only speak from my own personal experience, but but coming out of the other side of that with that healing gave me such a deep sense of peace and and put that past behind me and basically opened up my heart, my my mind, my eyes to see that it was okay, that God forgave me, that my child, Jesse, forgave me, and that now in my particular case, I was strongly called to commit myself full-time to pro-life to go do something about it. Now, of course, most people that go to Rachel's Vineyard retreats aren't going to come out and get involved in full-time pro-life work, and that's okay. But I can guarantee you on the other side of that healing, they're going to be different people. They're going to be more loving. They're going to be more understanding of other people's mistakes and sin and things like that, and more merciful towards them, more forgiving probably even like most of us maybe had someone in the past that they really needed to forgive in order to move on in their lives. And we all know our Lord asks us to forgive, you know, seven times, 77 times. And I think once you go through that healing experience and, and, and feel God's just deep love for you and his forgiveness for you, that you can't come out of that experience at Rachel's Vineyard or other retreats not having just a profound uh, gratitude that God is so merciful toward us. One of the reasons why I'm grateful for what you do, Brett Atterbury, is because you are you are taking a business approach. Mm -hmm. All right, correct me if I'm wrong. It's more of a business approach, a business-minded approach yeah. to getting out the pro, uh, the the pro-life message. I think that what you said is so important because you know. Especially when you look at, let's say, now you have, now you have, again, I'm not being judgmental. I'm just stating a fact. You have women out there that are now saying that I, you know, horrible, horrible things uh, because they've lost this battle, at least as far as the Supreme Court is concerned. Okay. Mm -hmm. I like to break it to everybody. Abortion is still mostly legal in America for all the people crying out there. Okay. Right. About, about where we're, where we're at. But you have the you have these women out there that are standing on the street corner. Now they're yelling like, I have the right to kill my baby. I'm not exaggerating. Mm -hmm. There's a video. You could go and look it up. And the poor lost soul. This girl is yelling this. Yeah. And that'll get marketed by by the other side. Sure. OK. And what you just talked about, the women who have been devastated by abortion, pro Planned Parenthood, NARAL, the rest of them, they don't want that out there. They don't want just to, it's the same thing with transgenderism. They don't want those who are regretting what they were told and the actions they took to mutilate their bodies. They are the enemies of the church, the enemies of Christ, our enemies. They don't want that message out there. They try to put the kibosh on it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But here's another message that people don't want to get out. And I, I was, I was leading somewhere. Uh, men, it seems like men have been excluded from this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And that's not, and, 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 and that's not true because men are devastated by this too. You Absolutely. mentioned the abortion you took part. Father Stephen Imbarato, who's a friend of the show, before he became a priest, okay, was involved with abortion. Many, many men were deeply impacted. Talk about that a little bit, because I don't think that that gets talked about enough, because, again, the other side doesn't want that message to get out either. Yeah, you know, the way I would say it, Joe, it's like imagine this. Um, so imagine that you're married and with your wife you have a child. 
And let's just say that the child, it doesn't really matter the age, but let's just say, for example, the child is one year old. And then tragically something happens, a disease, something like that, and your child dies. But it makes sense to say, well, really it's the mom that's more effective than the father. I mean, what, what a ridiculous thing to say, right? I, when I, I just get emotional thinking about that, it's so ridiculous that it, it angers me. It's like, so what's the difference now? B because it's not a one-year-old, but instead it's a child in its mother's womb, not yet born, that because it died in an abortion, somehow that doesn't affect the father of the child. It's completely ridiculous. It makes no sense. And what happened to me, which I found really interesting to talk about the impact on men. So when I went to the Rachel's Vineyard retreat, you know, I was at the time I was married. I had uh, three children with my wife. They were around the ages of something like, let's see, like uh, maybe 13 and 16 and 18, something like that. And so as I'm sitting there and in the Rachel's Vineyard retreat, there, there is one of the activities is, you know, you get to tell your story to the other folks at the retreat and, you know, here comes my turn. And so I'm kind of like processing, like, what am I going to say? And I kind of had a little bit of a plan, you know, a little bit of an outline in my head, but I think the Holy Spirit had a much different idea. And when it came my time to talk, it's almost like everything I was planning to say kind of went out the door. The Holy Spirit came in. And the first thing I talked about, which I, I knew it was the Holy Spirit because I didn't plan to say this. The first thing I talked about was how I felt as a man that I had absolutely failed to protect my girlfriend at the time and my child and just completely abandoned my role as a man. And how now years later, looking back on that, that was a big part of the wound that was within me is that I just, I just, even though I was very young at the time, I was only 18, but even then I, I, I knew enough to know that I had a responsibility for what had happened and just to completely have abandoned that responsibility and basically left my girlfriend on her own to deal with it. And then she had, you know, what was she going to do? I, I, you know, in, you know, very young teenager, what was she going to do? And she certainly couldn't count on me. I just basically left her and obviously by extension uh, left my preborn child on his own and just basically walked away. If not physically, certainly mm -hmm. uh, mentally and emotionally. And man, what what a letdown that is for men when when we when our natural desire to to provide and protect and we abandon that responsibility, it hurts our character, it wounds our characters deeply. And I just don't think that people talk about that enough. It weakens men when we when that happens to us. I think uh, I'm going to hand it over to Joe. I think that's one of the big tactics in in the spiritual battle is to try to it sounds a little encourage men not to act like men. You know, I, I, you know, that's a, you know, like I think I, we say on the show all the time. Um, you know, especially the left. It's mostly the left, not 
exclusively, but mostly the left in America, their biggest nightmare, their biggest nightmare is Catholic men actually acting like Catholic men, mm. stepping up and doing the things that we're doing here. All right. And as as the name of your company says, heroic media. All right. To 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 be heroic in our own way. Nowadays, all that requires is opening your mouth and speaking the truth. It's probably the greatest heroic act you could commit right now because there there might be some pain on the other side of it. Now I'm not gonna get long-winded. Joe Resinello. You know, I, I think like one of the things Joe and I try to do is blow up narratives. And again, I said this earlier, as Catholics, we don't point fingers at people who had abortions. We're all sinners. Um, we've all done things we're ashamed of. But in business, there is an enemy. I mean, and there's a goal. And and Christ tells us in Scripture that, you know, it's not people that, that are our, our enemy. It's principalities and dominions, you know, which is it's demonic. It's, it's a fight, you know, that we're in a battle, you know, uh, and men, as you said, we're here to provide and protect. Um, as far as the pro-life industry, let's let's like draw the battle lines. Let's talk about the industry itself, because we're not mm -hmm. fighting against the people who had an abortion. It's the industry, Planned Parenthood, the abortion mills. How do we utilize our dollars properly? You're a business guy, Brett. I mean, I think this is what we got to do. Um, there's a place to pray, and that's important. But then there's a place to have a strategy, define who the enemy is, and define our goals. Let's break that down. Yeah, I, I talk about this in the book, and it took me a while. Yeah, I've been doing this full time for about 10 years. And, and so like most people, when you first get involved in pro-life, I was no different. You're drawn into it by, let's call it the human rights issue, right? It's just wrong to kill an innocent human being in his mother's womb. Pretty simple. We shouldn't be doing that. And then as I, as I, as I got into it, uh, you know, I started going to the March for Life. As I, as I told you, I lived in Philly at the time. It was easy just to get on the bus, head down to Washington, D.C., do the March for Life, come back. I started doing that. And then I, you know, the Rachel's Vineyard retreat happens, and now I'm going to get involved. And, and already I was thinking, well, there's plenty of people that are out there on the front lines of the human rights movement of pro-life. I mean, go to the March for Life, for goodness sake. You see all plenty of that. But I want to bring, you know, the, the talent and experience the Lord has given me, and that's in business and in marketing. So how am I going to do that? And, and then I learned not too long after that, Lord kind of guiding me, that there are these places, they go by many names, but I, I call them pregnancy help centers. Some people call them pregnancy resource centers. Some people call them crisis pregnancy centers. Some call them pro-life women's health care centers, lots of names. Essentially, they're the centers that work on the front lines competing against Planned Parenthood for clients, young women who are seeking an abortion. So a pregnancy center, a pro-life pregnancy center would like to take those clients who are seeking an abortion at Planned Parenthood, bring them over through our doors, give them what they need, in order for them to change their minds. So as I learned more about that, I was like, okay, that is essentially marketing. Why? Because marketing is about choosing between options. When you're, when you're a marketer, you have a product or you have a service and you're offering it to target customers and you want them to benefit 
want their lives to benefit in some way from what it is that you're offering. And so as I, as I got into that more and I looked at it and I got deeper into it once I came to Heroic Media and understood what was going on in the front lines, I was like, wait a second. Yes, there's the human rights movement. There's the legislative laws and all those things. And we all know those things are critically important. However, there's also the front lines where women are making a choice between this option and that option. This option being choosing abortion, that option being going to a pregnancy center and choosing life. And that's right down the center of the fairway of what I do, right? I'm like, I'm a marketer. So Planned Parenthood's a business, right? And, and they've done, you know, we have to give credit where credit is due. They're no slouches. I mean, they, they know how to market. They know how to run a business. And they, just in their most recent annual report, they increased Again, the number of abortions that they did year over year. It's remarkable. Great Atterbury. Let's let's hold that thought right there. We're going to take a quick break here at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Okay, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. If you're just joining us, we are here with Brett Atterbury. We were discussing his book, Your Pro-Life Bottom Line, and we're going to continue the conversation on the marketing aspect. So stick around. We're going to come right back. Where there's Catholic radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith, families are strengthened, parishes and communities flourish. So let people know you're listening to Veritas, tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello. We are discussing your pro-life bottom line at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network with the author of that book, Brett Atterbury. Brett, you were talking about marketing. Please continue. Yeah, so to, to me, I realize that there, there's such an opportunity here because when, when you look at the research, you know, uh, Charlotte Lodger Institute did a research study about seven years ago, and they were asking about brand recognition go out and ask young women, like, how many of you are aware of the Planned Parenthood brand? Not surprisingly, very high, like 93%. And then, and then they took like a, a very, at least within pro-life, a very well-known uh, pregnancy hotline called Option Line. And they asked the young women, how many of you are aware of this brand? It was like 8%. Well, I know as a marketer, if you're in a battle for customers and your competitor has 93% brand awareness, and your company or your product has 8% brand awareness, you are going to lose and you're going to lose badly. Because in marketing, we say it's all about mind share. If you can win the mind share of your target customers before they even need what it is that you offer, you're going to win the market share battle against your competitors when your customers eventually do need what you offer. This is something that is just has been just completely missing in pro-life, in my view. It's like, I, I think sometimes we think because we have the right answer, and we do, life is the right answer. We all know that. But somehow we think that that's just going to kind of like the, if you build it, they will come kind of thing. No, they won't. They won't come. If they don't know about you, they won't come. Right. You have to advertise. You have to advertise. You have to shout it from the rooftops over and over and over again. People, in this case, will say young women, have to be exposed to your message hundreds of times for it to sink into their mind and remember you that should they face that issue, they can turn to you. 
Additionally, you have to do it in a way that's attractive to them. So let me tell you something. Pro-lifers don't like to hear this, but it's the truth. Planned Parenthood has done a great job of basically making our young women in our country believe that abortion is a medical choice. We all know that's completely crazy. However, as a marker, I deal with the realities of what exists in my customer's mind. And the reality is, is that's how young women look at it. So instead of banging against that, roll with it. Call it women's health care. To young women, women's health care equals abortion. So call it that in your marketing and then market your health care in such a beautiful way that it resonates with things that matter to them deeply in the words that you use, in the images that you use, in the sounds that you use, so that when you do that, they'll trust you. And if they trust you, your brand will move Planned Parenthood out of those young women's heads over time so that if and when they face an unexpected pregnancy in the future, they'll turn to you first, not Planned Parenthood. Brett Atterbury, I got I to gotta comment on that, I, and I, I'm being completely truthful with you, okay? I saw a Planned Parenthood ad because, let's face it, I don't care if you watch YouTube or you watch network TV, all right? It's all all left-wing propaganda. Sure. I've seen, I'm, I'm in Arizona now. I've seen a hundred. I've seen a hundred Mark Kelly campaign ads to one Blake Masters ad. It's ridiculous. But I will tell you this: along the lines of what you're saying, we better get our heads out of our you know what's as a movement in regards to what you're saying. I saw I saw a Planned Parenthood ad, and I, I said to myself, truthfully, I said, "Wow, that was a pretty good ad." Yeah. And I know it was a good ad. You want to know why? Because it made me sick in my stomach. Because we're not doing the same thing. And now we don't have Hollywood on our side. We don't have like a, a lot of the top flight talent that probably gets involved with Planned Parenthood because they believe in what they're doing to make these slick ads. But damn, Brett, if that ad wasn't a good one. And I'm saying to myself, that's why at least right now they're winning. But not for long, if people would listen a little bit more to what you're saying, Brett Atterbury. I have a quick question for a brief comment. Is the pro-life movement in America unified? No. Um perhaps unified around what I would say a basic belief that it's wrong to take the life of an innocent preborn baby in its mother's womb. I would hope we're unified around the moral issue of abortion, right. for sure. But when we talk about, well, how do we win? How do we, how do we get the majority of young women facing an unexpected pregnancy that causes them fear to end up deciding, end up choosing to carry their abortion, excuse me, to carry their pregnancies to term instead of going to Planned Parenthood and getting an abortion. We're definitely not unified there because you have, you have many groups that think, oh, it's just about showing, you know, that abortion is terrible. It takes a, a baby's life. And like I said, for, for most young women, they, they don't want to hear that. Uh, their minds aren't open to that at all. And this is something I know it's hard for people to hear. And, and, and you, Joe and Joe, you have business backgrounds. You'll understand this better. But in marketing and sales, whatever it is that you're offering, you want to know, like, who is the decision maker for the purchase of the product? Right? Mm, yeah. This is who you're trying to appeal to. They all talk about it in, in business to business sales all the time, right? It's like, get past the gatekeepers. You got to get to the person that can write the check. I've heard that a million times in my life. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> and, and I like to tell people, it's like, look, 
the, the woman is the decision maker. And yes, I know there's lots of influences on her decision. I completely get that. Ultimately, she is the decision maker about what she's going to do. So you have to win the battle in her mind. And in my book, you know, one of the main reasons, Joe, I wrote the book is I found a a women's health care center that provides alternatives to abortion. Uh, It's called Thrive Express Women's Healthcare. It's out of St. Louis. And basically they had spent something like, you know, five to 10 years doing exactly what I would have done if I had started my own center. And that is just creating incredibly attractive brand advertising that resonates deeply with the things that matter to young women. And over time, running those ads constantly, and that's what you have to do. That's what branding is. Branding actually comes from, you know, when we brand cows, it, it sticks a permanent image in your mind. So, so branding over and over and over again, and you can see, like, if you, if you track what I'll call market share, if you track the market share of Thrive's wins, client wins over time, increasing, 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 increasing. And then you look at the Planned Parenthood abortion facility in St. Louis, decreasing, decreasing, decreasing. It's like this perfect X, right? This is, this is what marketers, it's like our dream to see our product on the upper scale winning, our competitor's product going down the tubes. And ultimately, in October of 2019, that Planned Parenthood facility in St. Louis pretty much essentially just gave up. I mean, they, they kind of- Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brett Atterbury. There are no abortion mills in Missouri. There are not. That's right. So no, you, you the, the model is out there is what you're saying. The, the, oh, yeah. the model for what you're talking about exists and, and has been yeah. successful. That's why I'm like, now when I get to talk, I'm like, this is the best kept secret of pro-life. It's like, we have a proven model. It's like, we're not sitting here and, you know, somebody shows up. It's not like a startup with a new plan promising this is going to be the best thing ever. It's like, no, these guys did it and it worked and and it got exactly what we all want. Like so many women coming into their center, not going to Planned Parenthood, that that big old Planned Parenthood facility in St. Louis basically said, okay, they tapped out, right? They're like every now and then, and I think in 2020 and 2021, you know, they would open up, they would do a handful of abortions, I think like less than a hundred over the year, more, more kind of like, you know, just looking like big losers. It's like such sore losers. They would open up, do some abortions to just kind of go, yeah, yeah, it's not really abortion clinic free because we're still here. I was like, in the meantime, you know, you all did 5,000 plus abortions in 2013. And here you are in 2020 doing 100, which we all know you're not really an ongoing business concern. You're just doing it for political reasons to kind of like, you know, kind of sure. like poke us in the eye. Sure, look, take, a, take taxpayer yeah. money. Yeah, these guys, they did it. The Thrive guys did it. And now, and, and Heroic Media, we're partnering with them to help them. The idea is, you all know this, it's like if, if you've got a successful business in a local community and it works and you have designs to expand that, you want to grow it. I mean, a very successful way to do that is to kind of like take the playbook, take the model, kind of package it up and franchise it, Right. And, and I'm not saying Thrive is franchising, it's not, but it's it's now taking its proven plan and going into other cities and starting to do the same thing. 
Now, not using a brick and mortar model, but using a telehealth model. And already the Thrive Plan is uh, running, uh, it's up and running in Oklahoma City. It's up and running in Philadelphia. And I think, you know, within the next, man, let's say 12 to 18 months, if we, if we could get that Thrive Plan up and running in, let's say, the top 50 most populated cities in the country, I mean, we're going to start moving Planned Parenthood, maybe a better way to say it, we're going to start replacing Planned Parenthood in young women's minds with Thrive. And over time, if we keep doing that in city after city and we keep running those same advertisements that worked with women in St. Louis, we should be able to take Planned Parenthood down across the nation. Brett Atterbury, I'm telling you right now, if Joe and I can help in that way, in any way to help, I, I, I mean, to me, I get excited when I, when I think about yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Let's go. You're talking about, <laughs> you're talking about competition. Yeah, you're talking absolutely. about competing. Forget about the Supreme Court. Forget yeah. about the state legislatures. You're talking about competition. If you're, if it's all about women's choice, Planned Parenthood, then you shouldn't worry that that pregnancy center is right across the street from you. It's all about choice. That's what we're told. Maybe not some more, but we got to keep the conversation going. Joe Restinello, by the way, for those of you who are just joining us, Brett Atterbury is here. This is a great conversation, Brett. Very you're excited about what you're doing and we're happy yeah. that we're getting this message out there and we're going to let people know again where they could go to, to the website and everything else. But the book is your pro-life bottom line. And Brett is taking more of a marketing and business approach to helping us in this battle against abortion. Joe Resinello. Brett, I hope the bishops are hearing uh, this conversation because we're funded with the Catholic church um, and we mm. have to use leverage you see, business works through leverage. Unions Amen. work through leverage. Just because we have the truth, and we do, doesn't mean people are going to listen to it. And I got news for you. Sadly, they don't. I can't tell you how many times I get into conversations. My conversation is very linear. It's very logical. And it points to truth. And no one listens to me. But what you're saying is different because there's many ways to skin a cat. And we as a church have to go about things this way. Christ tells us we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We have to be as shrewd as foxes, but as gentle as lambs. We miss it. We miss it. And that's why we get bulldozed. Like, like we have to think there was a time and Joe and I have talked about this on the show where the bishops and I don't want to turn this into this. I'm just using this as an example. The bishop said to Hollywood, you will not put these type of movies out because I will tell my Catholics that they're not to go. It was called the production code. And guess what Hollywood did? They said, we're not going to do it. Why? Because it affects the bottom line. Mm -hmm. This is how you win. This is how, and this is what we have to think like. We don't, Brett. I, I'll tell you, I, I sometimes, I always used to say this. I come, you know, I work in New York City. And at the time, Cuomo was giving Dolan trouble with the schools, with uh, Catholic mm -hmm. schools. I swear, this is what I would have done because I'm a crazy person from New Jersey. I would have walked into Dolan's, uh, to Cuomo's office. I would have said, do you see this number on this piece of paper? This is what I save you every year in free services. I take care of the poor. I feed the homeless. I take care of old people. I educate poor people. And you're going to break my chops? You're going to break my chops over this? That's how we have to be. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Forgive me, God, if I'm, uh, if I'm wrong. But honestly, we don't do it. I think you're right, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe, I, I, I think there's... Um certainly preaching to the choir here. There's a lot of fear. 
um, just a fear to stand up and and I, I give you an example. So if if you look at Thrive's advertisements, so you can imagine a young woman walking through St. Louis and she looks up and she sees these billboards, these huge billboards. And trust me, Joe and Joe, these ads weren't designed to appeal to us, right? I mean, they are they are they are awesome, but they're super colorful. They're 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 made for young women. Um, they're not billboards, you know, with babies on it and choose life and Bible passages and all these kinds of things, which completely don't resonate with young women at all. And here they are, and you know what? They work. And we have the data that proves that they work. So it's like, what do you want? It's like there's nothing about these, there's nothing about these ads that's like against Catholic teaching, please, right? It's just that they meet those women where they are and what resonates with them and what matters with them. And, and sometimes I think we just miss that. It's like, you know, it's funny you were talking about thinking as you were talking, thinking about remember when St. Paul, as he's going out in his initial evangelization. <laughs> And he goes to that place where, of course, none of the, I think it was in Athens or something, but he's like, none, none, of, none of the folks there had heard about the good news, but he's smart, right? He's going around and he's thinking about how am I going to talk about this message in such a way that it might actually resonate with some of the people here? And then he, he sees that statue, the unknown God, right? Mm -hmm. Remember? And so as he, as he starts his evangelization, that's what he talks about. He goes, that unknown God, I, I'm going to tell you who that is, right? So, so he's he's meeting them where they are with what they understand, and I think we we miss that so often. We get we get so caught up in the moral message, and it's like you said, Joe. We have the truth, capital T, and we know that. That being said, it, it's like if you were evangelizing evangelizing Christianity, and and I just go out here in the corner. And I just start yelling about the truth of Jesus Christ. How many people am I going to attract to Christianity? Big zero, right? That's not where they are. You have to find out where are they right now? What are the messages I can use right now that appeals to them that starts to woo them so that they'll trust me? Then we can build a relationship and then when they're open to a relationship because they trust me, then we can start to talk about the things that really matter in this case, you know, choosing life versus choosing abortion. But if we just go right out and start banging them over the head with abortion is bad, it's terrible, you're murdering a child, you know, you see these people with signs sometimes, I'm like, stop doing that, it doesn't work. It, it, if you think you're gonna stop a woman from having a young woman from having an abortion because you got this sign with all this stuff on it, you're wrong. It just it's a clanging gong, as as St. Paul would put it. Do you want to, Brett? You might be able to correct me if I'm wrong in this. I don't think I'm wrong. Um, what I had heard when I started, when I was going, and and believe me, I'm a backbencher. I don't even want to give anybody the wrong. I'm not on the front line of the abortion, the pro-life movement. Okay, but mm -hmm. I've been in plenty of Planned Parenthoods. Uh, it, you know, praying the rosary, and I've got I've talked to a lot of people. I've gotten mocked and all that nonsense too down to you know, down on uh, Mott Street in New York City um, mm -hmm. and Bleecker. Um, but uh, I will say this, that Planned Parenthood has admitted 
maybe not publicly, okay, mm. but through the people that that I know who are on the ground and they have no earthly reason to lie whatsoever, that when people are praying in front of an abortion clinic, the no-show rate is at about 75%, okay? Yeah. And I tried, I said this to a, a group of men one time. I said, if you think you're not doing anything when you're praying in front of an abortion clinic, okay, simply praying, not event, you know, not, 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 you're going to hell, not you're killing your baby, just simply praying the rosary, okay? You've saved a life. And I know that quick anecdote, um, a woman, God bless this woman, goes down to Planned Parenthood every day. Talk about self-sacrifice. She was an attorney, a successful attorney, okay? Gave that up to go down so that she could spend her life doing uh, pro-life witness in front of Planned Parenthoods. Yeah. I was there with another guy, a real gruff guy from Long Island, all right? Because she was there all day by herself and needed a couple people to show up for every couple hours. So I went. I was in New York City at the time working, so I went there for a couple hours. And a young girl came walking out of Planned Parenthood. It was just me, this biker dude, and this woman, this prayer warrior. And the girl looked at us and said, it's not going to happen today. I'm keeping my baby. And she went over and she started talking. We directed her to the, to, to the woman that was praying who got her in touch with the Sisters of Life. That's how you do it. By, wit yeah. by witness, that resonates with people. I think your your number there, I think, is is pretty close to what uh, Abby Johnson, you know, now very strong pro-life advocate who worked at a Planned Parenthood uh, in uh, Bryan, Texas, I believe, said the same thing. Once she if you saw her movie Unplanned, like once she came out, she because she knows the numbers, right? She worked there and it was something like that. And to me. What's interesting about that, it, it, it gives me great hope because what it says to me is the women know that they already know in their hearts that they're, they're not doing the right thing. And all they need is a little bit of just seeing that people care about them. And you don't have to do anything more than what you said, Joe. You don't have to do anything more than just be present. Just be present. You don't have to yell at them or bullhorns. And as a matter of fact, don't do that. Just be present, be peaceful. And when they see that, oh, look, there are people out there that actually care about me. I think that's enough many times. It shines, it shines enough of a light in their hearts to make them go, okay, if there are people like that that are there for me, that means there are very likely many more people that are there for me. And I'm going to turn around. I'm going to go back and do the right thing. So again, I, I love what you said. It's all about standing up for these women in ways that resonate with them. Not that, that, you know, remember they're young, they're young American women. So if you're going to start going out there and, and trying to tell them what they should do, uh, that's not the right way. Just be present for them, show support, uh, be available for anything that they need. And when we're advertising to them, again, I'd say it's important to get this message to them before they ever face an unexpected pregnancy so that they already know that the love and compassion and support for them is there. Uh, that's a pretty powerful combination. Absolutely. Brett Atterbury is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing his book, Your Pro-Life Bottom Line. Joe Racinello.
Fred, I saw you on EWTN. You talked extensively about pregnancy termination pills. I want to get into that a little bit because I think it's important. Um, obviously, now, uh, you know, we're in post-Roe uh, America and abortion is going to go to the states. In some states, we mentioned Missouri is just about abortion free. You know, I think Louisiana is close. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not following it that closely. You probably know a lot more than I. In fact, I know you do. Um, but what can we do about this pregnancy termination pill situation? Because obviously you could ship a pill, you know, across state lines. Maybe you can't, you know, like how are we going to combat that? Because I think that's going to be the approach um, that Planned Parenthood is going to take. If you don't have, you know, a brick and mortar facility, you could always ship these pills. So I guess my question to you is how do we combat it um, legislatively? And, and as a church, and also, are these pills safe? I mean, like, gosh, I mean, like you're putting poison in your body to kill uh, a living thing in your body. I, I mean, I, you got to ask that question, too. Yeah, so I'm not a doctor, but let's first talk about because I, I realize as I talked about a pro-lifers that, that many are just it's kind of this whole abortion pill thing is kind of news to them. It's kind of new. And so what what is it? Abortion pill currently is two small pills. One is called mifepristone, the other is called misoprostol. And so when a woman has those, you know, in the in basically she can conduct an abortion by herself in the privacy of her own home. When she takes the mifepristone, it cuts off oxygen and nutrients to the developing fetus, causing that fetus to die. And then she takes the misoprostol and that causes contractions in her uterus, which forces the contents of her uterus to be expelled. So already in the United States this year, more than half of abortions here in 2022 will be done this way by the abortion pill. In terms of the safety of it, um, yeah, it's, it's not safe. Already there's some evidence as the abortion pill usage has increased dramatically of, you know, emergency room visits. And what can happen is, is, you know, it's, it's very dangerous to take the abortion pill after, let's say around 11 to 12 weeks. And a lot of times women, I, I know this from my work directly with frontline uh, providers of alternatives to abortion, Women will say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm eight weeks pregnant because my last period was on X date. And then they'll come in for an ultrasound and they'll be like 16 weeks pregnant or more. And boy, if you if you take the abortion pill and, and you're that far along, you're in trouble. It's dangerous. Uh, you can die. Of course, the abortion industry doesn't you know, exactly put this information out and shout it from the rooftops. But so there's there's a there's a lot of danger here to your question about legislation. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's a problem. I think even if you said, "Hey, in our in our state, um, mail order abortion, for example, is illegal," I think most young women will completely ignore it. I think because how on earth do you police the movement of two little pills? Look, we all know we we've, we've been around a while, right? We all know about the failures of the so-called war on drugs and how incredibly difficult it is to police the distribution of any illegal drug that's in high demand. And here we have the abortion pill very much so in, in high demand. And it, it doesn't take a lot to think about it. It's like, so 
let's say I'm here and I live in Texas and abortion is illegal and out there in California where, you know, they're probably going to be like dispensing abortion pills from vending machines. It wouldn't surprise me. And so, you know, Julie here in Texas contacts her friend, uh, Kate out there in California and Kate just goes and gets some stuffs them in a little teddy bear or a little book and ships them off to Texas. Who's going to police that please. Right. There's no way. So I'm, I'm not real happy when I hear abortion leaders. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. When I hear leaders of uh, pro-life organizations use that phrase abortion free, I don't mind the phrase abortion clinic free because that we can actually verify. But I will tell you and anyone can push back against me. There is no such thing as an abortion free state. There's no way. Either your citizens of your state are heading across the border by driving or flying, or the abortion pills are coming in. So why are we saying that? It sends the wrong message anyway. There's no abortion-free state. There just isn't. The new battle is that the abortion pill, you know, is the way I say it, Planned Parenthood has already, or they're in the process of moving the majority of their business, their abortion business, to the internet to do like mail order distribution of abortion pills. So why are you saying it's your state is abortion free? It, you can call it abortion illegal. You can call it uh, abortion clinic free and that's all fine. But there's no such thing as an abortion free state. You well, know, I'm glad you said that. Joe Racinello, I apologize, Joe. We're coming up to the end of the show, Joe. So uh, unfortunately, Brett, it's radio. So we do have a time <laughs> limit on us. But I think the underlying, correct me if I'm wrong, the underlying thing is we just we we have to be better marketers. Yeah. We have to change hearts and minds. OK, and that's the bottom line, because like you said, there's not going to be, you know, people pro-life people say that Florida is a pro-life state. No, it's not. You allow abortions up to the first 15 weeks. It's not a pro-life state. It's a pro-abortion state. Getting tired of hearing it. Anyway, Brett, you are welcome back on this show anytime. And we would love to continue this conversation. OK, so you're stuck with Joe and Joe. You're gonna, you're, you're <laughs> obligated to come back on the show. Brett, real quick, where can folks follow more, uh, learn more about what you're doing and your book? Yes, brettatterbury.com, B-R-E-T-T-A-T-T-E-B-E-R-Y.com. Also, the organization that I, I'm honored to serve as president and CEO is heroicmedia.org and the great uh, Thrive organization you can look up. I don't know the exact URL, but if you just if you just Google Thrive Express Women's Healthcare, you can learn more about what they're doing as well. Absolutely. Brett Atterbury, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a great and important conversation. And I, I was sincere. You're welcome back on the show anytime, brother. Let's do it again. Uh, it was great speaking with you all, and I'll be praying for the success of your show. Absolutely. We'll be doing the same. And thank you all out there for joining us here on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Thank you for joining us. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.